So Money Episode 625, Allison Camerata, CNN anchor and author of Amanda Wakes Up. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Ever wonder what it's like to be a top news anchor on, I don't know, CNN? Someone who has to report on what's happening in the world right now live. And someone who, by the way, has been blacklisted by Donald Trump. You're listening to So Money, everyone. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Welcome to the show. A great, great guest for us today, Allison Camerata. She's a CNN anchor and author of the new, exciting, fun book, Amanda Wakes Up. Maybe you're listening and you're an aspiring news reporter, curious about the path ahead, how to strike out on your own, stand out from the crowd. Allison's book and Allison's own story offer incredible insights and wonderful advice. Allison is an American television journalist, and she is currently co-anchoring CNN's New Day with Chris Cuomo. She has co-anchored CNN Tonight, and she served in many roles during a 16-year career at Fox News. Allison's new book is called Amanda Wakes Up. And as I said, it's very entertaining. It's a book about the rise and fall and rise of a young reporter working at Fair News. It's not exactly an autobiography, but Allison does say that her own life did offer some inspiration, which does make the behind the scenes stuff of what happens at this news network and all the drama all the more interesting. She admits there are parallels, but the book is ultimately fiction. Allison's a true role model for women and for all news journalists out there, and her career has not been immune to some setbacks. So how has she navigated the wins and the losses, and how does she manage her money? Here we go. Here's Allison Camerata. Allison Camerata, welcome to So Money. Congratulations on your book, Amanda Wakes Up. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to talk with you, Farnish. Many of us, all of us know you from CNN and prior to that, Fox News. You are just a wonderful, wonderful news reporter and anchor. We love watching you right now, especially, got to say, this is an interesting and fun, fun, can I say fun time to be reporting <laughs> on the world and particularly U.S. politics? Um, it's certainly a frothy, frenetic time uh, in keeping with the F, uh, yeah. the F theme. Um, there are other people who would use other F words, yeah, I'm sure. Words. Um, <laughs> I mean, look, it, yes, it is. It is on some level what we always dream of as journalists in terms of the big story. But, you know, it just never lets up. I mean, this news cycle is unlike anything that I've ever seen in 25 years. There's no respite from the big story. It's amazing how it can be sustained every single day. I want to talk about your new book, but since we're on the topic of news and because you're in it every day and you're reporting on this live, I believe the president has has banned you from from interviewing him. I read this. I don't know if this is still true. Has he has he lifted the ban? I don't understand how how. So how does that make you feel? First of all, as 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 a journalist, and and how do you work around that? Well, um, 
I guess the word is blacklisted. Uh, at least that's what the word used to be. And, you know, what happened was um, I used to interview him regularly when I was at Fox. And then when I was at CNN, I also interviewed him several times. But by that time, he had become a candidate. I mean, at some point, well, you know, during the beginning of my tenure here, he became a presidential candidate. And then the rules of engagement changed. And it wasn't just a sort of funny, yuck, yuck interview anymore where he could just, you know, opine on world events. Then he kind of had to be held accountable. That's our job. And so then he started to like talking to me less. Um, you know, I asked him, there were, there were a couple of interviews where I asked him tough questions. I played some of his old, um, you know, some of his old thoughts back to him and got him to try to explain if there was some sort of, uh, discrepancy and then he didn't like it. And then he didn't want to come on anymore. And he didn't want to be interviewed by me anymore. He tweeted out Alison Camerata is a disaster, not going to watch anymore. (laughs) And, and, um, we have spoken, um, off camera, he and I since, um, And I've tried to mend fences because I don't believe in having unresolved business with people, Um, but he has not wanted to come on our show. Well, we thank you for the program that you and Chris Cuomo co-host on CNN, New Day with Chris Cuomo. Is it New Day with Allison Camerata and Chris Cuomo? Yes, and I think that you could say Chris Cuomo and Allison Camerata, or if you prefer, Allison Camerata and Chris Cuomo. Really, we answer to both. (laughs) Thank you. Allison, you're, you also have time to write a book. By the way, you're also a mom and a wife, and I don't even have time to eat dinner, let alone take a shower. Oh, by the way, write a book too. So tell us how this came about and how you embarked on this and actually made time for it. And then I want to dive into it because I think it's such an interesting book. I wish I had this book when I was starting out in news. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Yes, let Amanda's struggles pave the way for all of us. <laughs> Live if vicariously only, through Amanda. Yes. I mean, you know, as I say, it took me 25 years to figure out some of the things that Amanda figures out in 322 pages. So um, so I really appreciate that, Farnish. Yeah, listen, uh, writing a book is really hard. It is really time-consuming. Um, I find that it's easier if you just stop showering altogether. That saves time. <laughs> and also, if you stop Noted. working out, then you never have to shower. So to try those two things. Um, that's what I would recommend. But but the truth is, because everybody asks me this, you know, how on earth with your demanding job could you ever write a book? And I wrote it years ago when I was at Fox, when I was a weekend anchor. And that's also a demanding job, but it's not as demanding a job as I have now. I could never have uh, embarked on this undertaking, you know, with this current news cycle where I work five days a week. So back then, I was sometimes working five days a week. I would often fill in on the morning show, but sometimes I was working three days a week. And Mm -hmm. in that case, you really can attempt to write a book. And I really like writing. You know, I, I, it helps me collect my thoughts. It helps me process things. And I started writing it um, back in 2012 during a different crazy presidential race because I was having really, frankly, so many frustrations with the way we were covering some of that presidential race and with my interviews with the then candidates. And I was trying to process, you know, what is news? What What is the role and the purpose of journalists? What happens if your boss 
sees things in a very different light than you do and sees the purpose of your show in a very different light than you do. And, and how do you deal with all those ethical dilemmas? And so I assigned those to Amanda. And, you know, in the book, um, people will read that, you know, every day she's kind of duking it out. She's, she's trying to figure out how to be a good journalist while at the same time having all of the other pressures and demands from her boyfriend, from her mom, from her best friend, from her boss, from the ratings, from all of the social media craziness. And, you know, I just kind of wanted to let my my real viewers and readers in on a little peek on how all of those things intersect and complicate a journalist's life. A little self-autobiographical, right? Definitely. I mean, for sure. You know, I it's not an autobiography, again, because I was able to use a lot of poetic license. I was able to use composite characters. I was able to play with the chronology, all the things that you wish you could do in your own life. But, you know, so it's not Look, in my real job every day on New Day, I am so fact based. I don't say anything unless I at the you know believe it to be true. I get statistics, I have data, I have make sure that I'm quoting somebody verbatim, and so I am so fact based and that is a real challenge. So, you know, it's freeing to be able to deal with some of these issues in fiction, but it's also informed by my life and my life as a journalist and a reporter and an anchor and all of my friends in the business. So all of that is captured in Amanda Wakes Up. Your career, it's been such a volatile ride and such a such a ex- exciting, but also I know I read that you're on this NBC morning show that was you were doing so well, you were actually filling in as anchor and then it got canceled. So you not only faced a career challenge, but also financial challenge. How are you going to make money? Let's Let's go back to that moment if we can, because the show is about money and we want to talk of, talk through people's yeah. um, experiences. How how did you work through that time in your life from all angles? You know, from your, the money the money piece, but also I would imagine that something like that would really would really break you in some ways. Your confidence and not knowing what what what's going to be next, what's going to happen next. Oh yeah, I had a real existential crisis. Um, that was the year that I turned 30, and I loved my NBC show. It was called Real Life. There were 50 of us. We had all come from around the country to work on this new show. It was gonna. It was the third hour of the Today Show. We all sort of fell in love with each other. We were working in the trenches together. We were all kids, most of us unmarried, and so it was. We had a real bond, and it only lasted a year. And when it was canceled, I was thrust into you know, a depression. And in fact, there's a scene in Amanda Wakes Up that I lifted directly from my real life. Amanda, uh, during the book, um, or some of her dream and her plan and her trajectory gets, you know, hits a major pothole. And she too is thrust into an existential crisis and trying to figure out what's next for her. And she sort of mopes around in her pajamas and lies on her sofa for many days in a row. And that is, you know, lifted directly from my life because when my show was canceled, I was really despondent, you know, and I mean, I don't use these terms lightly. I was really, really sad and I didn't know what would be next. And in terms of money, you know, Amanda's part of Amanda's story. And I think that this is uh, maybe a universal story. You know, you choose your dream job because it lights you on fire and you love it and you're thrilled. But 
for Amanda, you know, she didn't come from a lot of money. Um, her parents were divorced. She saw her mom struggling. I can relate to this. Uh, my, Amanda and I have some similarities on this front. And so she also chose a career that she thought would make her good money. And to me, in my life, um, I find money means freedom. You know, ha having money gives you the freedom to do things that when in my life, when I didn't have money, I didn't have choices and I didn't have the ability to have as much freedom. But as Amanda finds out in the book, you know, whenever you work for a boss and when you start to make money, there is, there is also, I mean, it is true that the golden handcuffs are a real thing because then you do start sacrificing maybe some of your own convictions and you do have to start to compromise beyond your level of comfort. And what is your breaking point and what are you willing to sacrifice before you say enough is enough? And money does play into all of that because, you know, in some ways, the more you make, the harder it is to walk away from that if you feel like, you know, a job isn't the right fit for you. And so all of that plays out, you know, when she has her existential crisis and Amanda wakes up, She's wrestling with how do how will she leave that paycheck and what will she do next? And is she making just a huge mistake, even though things are starting to make her feel ethically really challenged? We talk often on this show about our financial context, you know, what money was like growing up, how that fed our money relationship as an adult. What was your biggest money memory as a child growing up? Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of these stories because money was a big part of my life growing up. Um, as I said, my parents were divorced. Um, I was an only child. I lived with my mom. She was a school teacher. Um, school teachers obviously don't make a lot of money. And then she became a part-time school teacher so she could go back and earn her PhD because she wanted to change fields and become a therapist. So then money was even tighter. And we never uh, bounced a check. We never, we, I always had a roof over my head. My mom made delicious meals every night. So, you know, there was that level of comfort, but there was also a level of precariousness of not knowing what would happen next and knowing that there wasn't a big cushion. And I do think that that motivated my life choices. Um, I happened to have found, to have fastened on a career. When I, when I was 15, I figured out what I wanted to do and that I thought that being a journalist and being a TV reporter would be a really cool, great job. And from that moment, that was my North Star. And I did everything I could. I applied to school or colleges that had TV stations. In high school, I went to volunteer at the local radio station uh, down the street. I just set my sights on becoming a broadcast journalist because I thought that would be really exciting. But I can't um, deny that I also thought it would help me make money. If I'm wanting to make money and have freedom, have my own financial freedom was a big part uh, of the career that I chose. And I, that was just really important to me from childhood and teenage years on. And I, you know, I'm happy to say I made the right choice. I mean, I think that it can, again, be a bit of a prison if you only work for your paycheck, you know, if you if you're not really gratified by what you do right, right. and you're just working for money, I don't know what that feels like because that's not my experience. I happen to have chosen something that I really love and is able to give me a good life. 
and I thank my lucky stars, you know, and God above every day because of it's worked out that way. That's so interesting because when I was first telling people, sharing with people when I was in my, you know, teens and in college, I wanted to pursue media and reporting. People said, good luck with that. You'll, you'll never make any money. <laughs> <laughs> Because there is this, well, yeah, because no one ever thinks you're going to become like the morning anchor on CNN, right? That's always that's like- right. That is exactly right, Farnish. It's so funny that you say that because there's a scene in Amanda Wakes Up where she's in college and her the you know it's it's the first day and she wants to be a newscaster and a morning anchor and the dean of the college says, um, you know, forget all the basically like don't set your sights on that. There'll only be two kids in this entire school that make it to you know network anchor. And Amanda turns around and says, like, where's the other one? Because, you know, she's so convinced that that's her path. And that's how I felt. It believe me, there were lean years. I mean, there were lean decades. You know, it is this becoming a broadcast journalist is not a money making scheme. Or I should say this. It's not a get rich quick scheme um, at all. But I happened to love it and I would have paid them to let me do it. But I also did believe that at some point I would make it to that echelon that I dreamed of where you do start to make money. I was talking to a life coach yesterday and she said, when you believe something and you have the intention to do that thing, that is where magic, that's when magic happens. That's when actually something transpires because a lot of times we have the intention to do something or be someone, but our belief system holds us back, right? We have these mental blocks or these barriers like, yes, I have the intention to become a journalist, but it's so, but my belief says, oh, I'm, but it's such a competitive field. I'm not, you know, I'm not good enough or um, I don't have, I don't know the right people. So in your case, it sounds like you not only believed it, but you also pursued it and intended it to happen. And that is, I think, just uh, uh, that is that is all the stars aligning. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I thank you for that. And I do see it that way. And I do see my own trajectory that way. And I just wasn't going to take no for an answer. So it wasn't like I started out and I graduated and I said, OK, what network anchor job am I going to get? I just said, I am going to be a broadcast journalist and I don't know what market I'll be working in. I don't know who I'll work for. I don't know what TV station I'm I'll I'll work for free for the first. You know, if somebody wants will let me volunteer because I assume that I'll get a job somewhere. I just that's all I was going to do. I was going to find a job by hook or by crook. <laughs> and then I was going to work my way up. Once I found the job, I was just going to keep, you know, climbing that rope, you know, ladder up until I was able to make a comfortable living. And there was just no other choice. You know, I was driven to do it. I mean, so in other words, sometimes I think that when you have, when you're compelled like that, I just don't know. I don't even know where choice comes in anymore, right. you know. Failure is not just, an option. Right. Failure was not an option. I was going to do this, and it wasn't easy, and I had lots and lots of really um, long years of working around the clock and having a hard time paying my bills. Um, I remember there's a scene in Amanda Wakes Up where uh, at first she's paid so little that by the end of the month, after she pays all of her rent and her car, she has exactly $1 to her name. And luckily, the hot pretzel sold by like the street vendor out on the street is $1. And she like rations it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And let me just say, I didn't have to use my imagination to write that thing. Yeah, I know. I believe it was Mariah Carey in her, she talks about how like in her early 
early, early career, like before she was anybody, but she was trying to make that first record. She would eat, um, she would ration out two bagels a day. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I've been there. I've been there, you know? The rest is history. (laughs) Two bagels a day to, well, I don't have to tell you. Uh, No, that's exactly right. I often liken my trajectory to Mariah Carey's. We are very, very (laughs) similar. As we all should. As we all should. Yes. Particularly in my diva demands that I make of my staff. Yes. Well, back when you were about to turn 30 and you were, um, the show got canceled. What did you do? What happened next? And what happened in the interim? And what did you do to basically get out there again in a big way? And was that when you uh, arrived at Fox News Channel? No, there was a year before before I got the job at Fox News Channel. So my show, Real Life, was canceled. I was despondent. Um, but I had done really well on Real Life. And I had really, um, you know, I had I had performed well. And my bosses really liked me and thought that I was a really good worker and talented. And so they mentioned me to news dire- a news director in Boston, a local news director, that the local news director should use me. And the local director had a lot of respect for my boss, um, who was named Joel Cheatwood. He's still in the TV business. And so she said, I would love to you know, be able to use you. Now, I did not mention to that local news director that I didn't really have experience before. Were these longer taped pieces, these human interest pieces? I was traveling around. There were no live shots. I could have, you know, many days to edit together a beautiful piece. It's a completely different skill set than local news where you're like chasing a fire or a, you know, water main break and doing a live shot. So I didn't, I didn't mention that part. Um, because I knew I needed local live news experience. So I went and did it and it was baptism by fire, but I was freelancing. And that means that you just are at the mercy of the boss. If they like you that day, they hire you. If they don't like you, you don't get hired. So that's no way to, you know, that's no long-term strategy in terms of paying your bills. But I knew that I needed a job. I needed the money. I needed the experience. And so I went and did that. Um, but I was looking for a full-time job. And I was also at the same time filling in in Providence. So I was living in Boston, working whenever they'd have me at the local station. Then I was driving an hour to Providence many days because uh, I had also gotten a freelance job there. So it was, you know, I was cobbling it together. But again, because it was giving me a skill set that I wanted, I was okay that the money wasn't necessarily dependable. And I just knew, well, I prayed that it would be short term. <laughs> and so I did that for a year. And then uh, the Fox News Channel called. Wow. Well, you were investing in yourself. That's a, that's what you were doing. And then some people might have gone to graduate school, which some yep. well, I did that. And you know, it had served me. But I think you could argue it's not worth it. Uh, you just go out there and get that freelance gig that's going to send you out into the field and covering floods and whatever they'll throw at you. And, and then you probably are actually making a little bit of money <laughs> while you're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Instead. But I mean, exactly what you're talking about, which is that I it's like going to school. I knew that I could just go to like um, you know, reporting school and just go do, in other words, you know, I could just go, I could go learn this, these skills that I needed by doing it. And broadcast journalism is one of the things that you can do that. You don't necessarily have to get a graduate degree because you just got to get out there with a microphone and a camera and do it. So yes, I totally agree with you that year. That was like a year basically of going back to school because I needed to learn those skills that I didn't have. 
What's your advice for for women who want to earn their worth and 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 advocate for themselves when it comes to negotiate, you know, salary? And I know often uh, people at your level in, uh, in news work through with agents to negotiate their deals. But certainly, you're involved as well. Any advice? Anything that you have learned as far as making sure that you're getting paid what you deserve? I think this is a really tough one. And I think that I get to cheat a little bit because I do have an agent. I think that it's very easy for me to say to my agent, and don't take no for an answer, you know, and hang up on my agent who I'm paying. You know, it's much harder to do that to your boss. And so I have a lot of sympathy for people who have to negotiate on their own with their boss. I think that's a really intimidating situation. What I have found to be true, and this is just the hardest thing in the world, but in life, this is true. I mean, I find this to be true in in every aspect of life, from relationships to jobs and, you know, your career, you just have to be willing to walk away. And that's the the thing that has worked best for me at past jobs is when I've said, well, thank you for that offer. That's not terribly exciting to me. Um, but if that's the best you can do, then we're going to go our, our merry ways. And, you know, I was bluffing often, um, but it was effective. And, you know, at times people would come back with more. At times they'd come back with much more. But uh, that's the hardest thing to do in the world. And, you know, I, again, because I have the buffer of an agent, it's easier for me to do it. But you never know how that one's going to play out. And all I can say is that that's, look, obviously doing well and, you know, being a really hard worker also pays off. People want to keep you around and they want to pay you more. But in terms of negotiations, in everything, you just have to not be so wed to it that you're not willing to walk away. But of course, when you desperately need your paycheck, as I did, you know, for most of my most of my life, it's just much harder to take that hard line stance. Yeah, you want to care, but not that much. <laughs> right, right. I mean, you, you have, I guess you have to believe that you will get another job somewhere else. You just have to have that faith and you have to believe because that's the only way you have power, I think. Otherwise, your employer, you know, look, they hold most of the cards. So you have to believe in your own skill set and that it's portable and that you will take it away. And what I've come to realize is that they really do want to keep you around. They don't like to have to hire somebody new who's a stranger, start over, you know, have all the question marks about whether that person will work. So you actually do have more power than you feel like you do in the moment. But the ultimate power is being able to say you'll walk away. Well, like I told you before we were recording, I wish I had had your book when I was starting out in news. This this book, uh, Amanda Wakes Up, while it's fiction. It, it is very true to life. We could all benefit from it. Thank you so much, Allison, for coming on So Money and talking about not just the book, but really sharing some memorable stories about your life growing up, the money influences you had, and this advice about being able to walk away is so invaluable. Thank you so much. My pleasure, Farnish. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much to Allison Camerata. The book is called Amanda Wakes Up and it is available everywhere. Again, she co-anchors CNN's New Day with Chris Cuomo, which airs from 6 to 9 o'clock in the morning Eastern time. To learn more about Allison, please go to allisoncamerata.com. 
All this information is available at somoneypodcast.com. And while you're there, click on Ask Farnoosh, where you can send in a question for our Friday episodes, whether you want to leave a voicemail or type it in. Either way, I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Thanks for tuning in. And I hope your day is so money. <laughs>